This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So a lot of value investors are invested in big cap retail stocks because a lot of them go cheap. We dive in. We all know the retail stocks. So this makes some sense. And retailers were among the big winners of the pandemic. We all felt like geniuses, right? We all bought one or two or maybe even more than that of the retail stocks in 2020. And we just rode those up, 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 most times to new all-time highs. But now the stocks are down big. And many people are now asking, should I stay in these? Or if you aren't in them at all, or only in some of them and not in some of the others, you're asking if this is a buying opportunity now that the stocks have weakened. So I thought I'd take a look at five of the bigger cap uh, retail stocks. These are all the ones we talk about, um, we know about. Can't cover all of them because I'm only doing five. So I was strategic. I'm picking ones that are favorites, that have outperformed, that um, you know don't have a lot of competition really anymore. They've beaten out a lot of their competition. They're at the high, you know, the top of their game. Those kind of retailers. I'm not looking at any of the ones that are struggling. That people are are wondering, oh, are they closing any stores or who's their new CEO or anything like that? So I'm just going with the winners, as John Blank has said many times, you don't have to be a genius. We know who the winners are, right? But they have weakened here. So what is going on with them? Let's find out. So the first one I'm kicking off with, and I have to be honest, I haven't really looked at this one in a while, is Home Depot, ticker HD. And I was especially interested in this one because someone called into Mad Money with Jim Cramer on CNBC and asked him about Home Depot. Oh, should I stay in this? And I thought that was kind of odd because isn't isn't Home Depot one of the buy and hold retailers out there? You buy it, you don't, you just hold it, you're not doing anything with it. But uh, because real estate and home renovations and everything about the home was so hot during the pandemic. The shares soared, they were expensive, and now they've come back down. So what is going on with Home Depot? On a valuation basis now, they're, they are a bit cheaper here. So they have a PE of 18.3 and a PEG of 1.6. So I wouldn't call either one a true value yet, but it was trading over 20 times for oh, quite some time. So it is cheaper than it used to be. Earnings expected to be down 5% in fiscal 2024, which they're already in now, and then up 7% in fiscal 2025. They've never been like a super huge growth in the last couple of years because they are bigger and it's getting a little more difficult to get that growth. But during the pandemic, they were crushing it. So a lot of demand may be pulled forward. People already redid their kitchen or their bath during the pandemic. Now they don't have to. And um, just less people moving around. So when you don't move, you, um, well, you may remodel your house if you're not moving, but you're also not buying some of those things that happen when you do buy a new house. So if you're a first time home buyer, you know, you suddenly have to buy 
things for the garden, you know, plants for the outside, some flowers to plant, maybe a lawnmower. There's just, uh, you know, things that you're purchasing that you may go to somewhere like Home Depot to get. So some of that has probably cooled down. Now, Home Depot does pay a dividend. It's yielding 2.9%. So that's pretty nice to get if things aren't going all that well with the actual stock. So year to date, the stock is down 8.6%. It doesn't seem too bad to me, right? Because of the weakness in the housing market and with what might happen with the consumer. The consumer is starting to pull back now, getting a little nervous. Uh, wanting to conserve, thinking, uh, you know, they're getting hit by inflation, but also there's a lot of job losses being announced now. So people are going to conserve and, uh, you know, pull back on their overall spending. So the shares are going to be down over the last year. They're down 7%. But this is why people are wondering, what should I do with this? Because I was surprised by this over the last two years now. So a two-year stack they actually are down 4.9%. So that's where people who have been holding during that time are going, hey, I'm not I'm not going anywhere. Nvidia's up 80% in just, you know, year to date. Why am I holding this when it's down 4.9% in the last two years? And that's not including the dividend. But over five year stack, it's up 68.1. And that does beat the S&P 500 up 54%. Obviously, prior performance doesn't indicate what may go on in the future. So as value investors, I want to get the stock cheap because uh, that's what we do. <laughs> we get it on the cheap because when you get the single digit growth, you need to get it as cheap as possible to get further upside, right? You need to get it where the street is really ignoring it. And I don't think we're there quite yet at Home Depot, but we might be getting a little bit closer now. It is a Zach's number four sell, but remember that's a uh, short-term recommendation of one to three months. That just means the analysts have been cutting full-year estimates. And again, not surprising given what the consumer behavior is and that they are pulling back. And I would expect to see maybe further cuts in that earnings as we go into the summer months, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what, what develops with the economy. But Home Depot, uh, still the leader uh, of that home remodeling segment, and not just US, also Canada and Mexico. And are they in Europe? I wanna say they may be over there. I'm not sure though, um, but I know they're big in Mexico. So. Uh, good exposure in North America, and I still like them if I'm looking for this kind of retailer. The home side, it's never going to end. We're always going to want to put that new kitchen in, and you just got to wait to get the stock at, at an even cheaper level. That's what I would say, but Home Depot still remains one of those that you buy and hold. It's got that nice dividend to reward you, so you are getting the 3% for your patients. Home Depot, ticker HD. Then we're gonna switch over to another cult-like stock of these big retailers, Costco, ticker COST. Now it's been expensive for numerous years because it is cult-like. People love it, they love shopping there, they're willing to be members no matter what the cost. Um, 
They like taking trips there. They like getting the hot dog. It, it doesn't matter. Whatever Costco does seems to turn into gold, but the shares are pricey. So let's take a look. How pricey are they? PE is still at 34. So this is not a value stock and it has a peg of 3.7. Fiscal 2023, I think, whatever fiscal year they're on right now, earnings expected to be up 9.4%, and then the next year up 8.4. So that's pretty nice earnings growth for a company that's been around a long time and is big. So I do like the aspect, I do like the growth aspect of Costco. And I like the management, the business model, and that everybody does love it and it's like a cult, but it's just a little too expensive here for me. What are these shares doing? They have come down. So one year, or let's start with year to date. Year to date, they are actually up 8.2%. But over the last year, they've come down, they're down 11.6. So um, you know, they haven't they haven't been doing much. They've kind of been in this trading range for the last year. And then over the last two years, however, that's where you're really seeing the big gains up 50% there. And five-year stack, it's now up 169%. And remember, the S&P 500 was up 54% in the same time. So that's not too shabby, and that's why everybody owns Costco. They do pay a dividend, but given how expensive it's gotten, it's not a good dividend. It's just 0.7%, but you are getting something to hold on to it. Uh, so again, my only issues with Costco is the valuation, but as a value investor, I do want to get it cheaper. It is a Zach's number three rank hold here. Then we're switching, staying on the same big box. You can see I'm not really covering any apparel retailers. We're staying away from apparel. Uh, and the number three is tractor supply, ticker T. SCO. And this one might be the least known, maybe, of all the bigger retailers that have been crushing it over the last couple of years. But Tractor Supply, a favorite among retail analysts. It is in the rural areas for the most part. And their tagline is for life out here, out here in the rural areas. Now, you think when you hear the name Tractor Supply that they sell tractors, but they really don't. They sell riding mowers, so that that's a thing. But the John Deere tractors are not sold at Tractor Supply. However, they do have a lot of other agriculture type items like hay. Um, they sell seeds, uh, a lot of stuff just for the outdoors on the ag side. But they sell, they do sell clothes, uh, boots things like that. So they're, they cover a lot of stuff in the rural areas and they're one of the big retailers in the rural areas. Hard to compete with them out there. Uh, what's going on with them? PE now is at 22.5. So not as expensive as Costco, but not cheap either. PEG is at 2.3. So again, not that cheap there. What does earnings look like? So 2023 expected to be up 7.8% and another 10% in 2024. Again, that's pretty impressive if you're doing double digit earnings growth for a retailer that's been around a lot of years, is spreading across the United States, um, has seen that growth in its store count, 
but still impressive to get the earnings up another 10%. And don't forget, we are still in inflation. So even in an inflationary environment, they do pay a dividend. It's yielding 1.8%. So that's not too bad. It's not as good as Home Depot, but you know, almost 2%. That's not, that's not nothing. So I'm liking that. Now, what have these shares done? So year to date, they're up 3.2%. Over the last year, they're up, but only 0.3. So basically flat over the last year, kind of just hanging out near those 52-week highs um, in that time period. But five years, this is the best performer out of the stocks I'm going to talk about today on the longer term. That's what maybe is a little surprising to some of you who might think it would be Costco or even Home Depot. But no, it's tractor supply up 291% on a five-year basis. That's almost like a tech stack uh, return right there. And it's probably beaten out some of the fang men over the five-year time period. Good for them. Um, I still, I've always been a fan of Tractor Supply. I've waited many times for like, oh, if only it pulls back, maybe I can get into that. And then it never really has. So I've never gotten into it. But um, if we get some more weakness here with uh, the shares here in 2023, this is definitely one to keep on your watch list. If I can get it, it has to be cheaper though. For me as a value investor, I got to get it cheaper. So that's Tractor Supply, ticker TSCO, and there's Zach's number three hold as well. Okay, then we're going to switch to the beauty side and we're going to go for one of the big beauty retailers. And I'm sure you're guessing what it is. It is Ulta Beauty, ticker ULTA. Many of you know that I have owned Ulta in my own personal portfolio for um, almost 10 years now. I bought it in 2014 after the Insider Trader portfolio I run here at Saks bought some when the former CEO, Mary Dillon, just came into the job and she ended up buying um, some shares when she first took over. So the insider bought on her buy, she bought twice um, in the span of a year. And then I also dove in because I do use, go here, I am a Ulta Beauty uh, rewards member. And so are, I think they said 40 million other people are now in the program. So it's one of the best rewards programs in retail, in my opinion, for what it gives back to the consumer, the customer, and for uh, keeping us loyal, keeping us spending when we could go somewhere else. We could go to the Walgreens or the CVS. If we're doing drugstore brands, we could go to Sephora. We could go to the department stores. There's a lot of places we could go or or even online and buy directly from the beauty company itself. But instead, we want those points. They are very uh, lucrative at Ulta Beauty. And so we continue to, to make decision to go there. That's why I like them. But what's happening with them? So they just reported it was another solid quarter. The beauty side is holding up pretty well. They do have the full range of the prestige down to the drugstore. So if you're feeling tight on the money, you may downgrade from the prestige mascara down to the drugstore brand, but they have that. They have that ability, but they are saying the consumer is not uh, ignoring beauty altogether. They are still spending on the beauty side. So 
uh, again, they just reported earnings. What does it look like? They have a PE now of 20.5. So the shares have gotten a little more pricey in the last year or two as beauty has taken off and the shares have risen. Uh, they have a peg of 1.7, so it's not too bad. Um, but they're not as cheap as Home Depot here, but they're also not at the Costco level. Earnings for fiscal 2024 expected to be up 5%. For 2025, up 7.9%. And these are that's pretty good because they're coming off of what is you know record years here during the pandemic. So any of these retailers still growing earnings is coming off of a stack where they were growing earnings prior to this. So that's all impressive. Uh, year to date, the shares are up 9.9% and they were trading at new all time highs at some point. Over the last year, they're up 34%. So kind of bucking what these other ones have done where they've come down off those highs. Ulta is uh, delayed. So they had a little more trouble during the start of the pandemic than like the home renovation guys or some of these others because uh, we didn't need to wear as much makeup or even uh, care as much what we looked like when we were stuck at at home. So, but that ended. And once the masks came off, then the buying began. It's kind of the reverse of what's happened with Home Depot and to some extent tractor supply. So you are seeing the shares up 34% in the last year, five years. Uh, this was surprising to me because I know a lot of people are looking at Ulta and thinking, oh, um, you know, it's it's on fire, it's doing so well. People have, have commented on my Twitter that, oh, you know, congrats to you for buying it so long ago, but it's been a long haul if you bought in 2014 um, or even prior to the pandemic. Shares went nowhere for years and they underperformed the S&P 500 during a large portion of that time. And there's no dividend with Ulta. They do do a share buyback, but there's no dividend. So I, I do get benefits of the share buyback, but um, I would like to get a dividend for my troubles when things just kind of go sideways. And on many of these retailers, you really do have to be a longer term buy and hold investor. And that's hard. It's hard to stay in a stock, you know, two years like Home Depot that's down for those two years when tech and other retailers are doing so good during that same time period and you're not getting a dividend. So, that is where the discipline has to come in as a value investor or any type of investor to own it longer than a year or longer than even that two year time period, because it may not turn itself around in even that two years. And how much discipline do you have? You have to ask yourself, the guy calling in um, Jim Cramer on Mad Money about Home Depot is probably asking himself, that's why he called in. He, he wanted to know, what do I do? It's been an awful two years. I'm underperforming even the S&P 500 over that time period. So do I stay in this? Um, that is the more difficult questions investors have. Um, it's not the short-term trade, really. Everybody puts the emphasis on the short-term trades. It's really the long-term buy and hold. Can you stick it out? Do you have the patience and the discipline? to stay in there when it goes flat or down for several years. 
Um, so that was the issue. If you go and look at the longer chart of Ulta Beauty. So what has it done over the five year period? Um, it's up and it is beating the S&P 500. It's up 150% in that time period, but um, that is not even close to as good as what tractor supply is. And I think, and not even as good as Costco. Um, it is outperforming Home Depot now, but I think if you were to ask someone, hey, out of these four stocks, which one has done best over the last five years? We will have uh, you know, the bias of the most recent recency bias, where Ulta is the one outperforming recently. And so we would think, oh, it must, and it's at five-year highs. It must be the best performer, but no. Tractor supply, which is kind of under the radar, doesn't get nearly as much love, doesn't have quite as much of a cult, but it has a, like a mini cult, but not quite as much, is the big winner, up 291% in five years. So what am I gonna wrap it up with? Number five, I decided to go with the furniture retailer because um, I do think if you're picking retail to buy and hold over long periods of time, that you need to pick the leaders. You need to pick the top guys. Don't go, oh, this one is cheap. They're struggling. They they need a new you know CEO or the CFO left or um, you know there's some person going in there. You know they're they're putting some new people on the board. No, you need to go with the ones that are crushing it, the ones I call a beast on my Twitter feed, the ones that everybody goes to when they're buying whatever item it is. It's the first stop they want to go to. They'll save their money to buy something from these retailers. Uh, they have very good strategies and the management is you know, right on point. And so number five is Williams-Sonoma, ticker WSM. I did own it in my own personal portfolio, but I sold it last year, the year before. I sold it a while ago because uh, I knew the furniture um, surge was over and it is. Uh, furniture sales are coming back down off of all time highs, but this is normal. since so to be expected after the pandemic. We're spending money on other things now. We don't need another desk and we don't need the new couch. So that is going to come down. The housing market is cooled. So you tend to buy a lot of furniture when you buy a new home. We all do it. It's fun. But a lot of people aren't buying the new homes now. Home sales are down about 30 to 50%, depending on where you are. So that's going to go right to Williams and Sonoma. We did see it in the recent quarterly report for last, last quarter, for the fourth quarter. And so... Even their flagship, their number one premier brand that I believe nobody can touch still in all of furniture retail, West Elm, it finally saw a negative comp last quarter. But don't be scared about negative comps now with some sellers because it was so hot for you know the prior two years of the pandemic it was up like something like 50% or more or whatever during that time period from pre-pandemic levels it cannot continue with that level of sales it just can't so it was down um surprisingly pottery barn was not that's another one of williams and sonoma brands so keep in mind when i say williams and sonoma it's not just the williams and sonoma store they do own those 
But a lot of people get confused. They don't realize that Williams and Sonoma owns West Elm, the number one furniture brand, and Pottery Barn. I would say that ranks up there as well. And they also own Pottery Barn Kids and Teen. And they also own Rejuvenation. It's like a lighting slash furniture. They also are rolling out furniture with Williams and Sonoma brand. It's like a more upscale luxury. I'm not sure where that stands. Uh, They also have a few other smaller brands, but it kind of goes into the other category on their, uh, you know, conference call and when they when they give their earnings out. And then they also have quite a big uh, B2B business to business business that they're building. So if you're gonna open up like a cafe or a uh, you know, coffee shop, and you're like, hey, I li- really love the Williams and Sonoma look, yeah, uh, you know, on furniture and um, even accessories, the plates and all that stuff, you can now order it. You can go through the business to business, and they are doing well in that business as well. But it is going to slow. So, what do these earnings look like for fiscal 2024? They're expected to be down 19.4%. That sounds again kind of scary, but it was a record year last year. So they made 1654, expected to make 1334 this year. Um, fiscal 2025 for next year, the analysts are being conservative. They have no clue what the consumer is going to be doing, the housing market, uh, the job market, no, no clue for next year, but they're so they're just kind of keeping it relatively similar to this year. So expect to make 13.73, that's up 2.9%. But basically they're on hold. The analysts are waiting, it's too far into the future, too much is gonna happen. But these shares are cheap. They have a PE of 9.2, so that is a value PE and a peg of 0.9. So they also have a value peg. Uh, the peg under one indicates both value and growth. So even though those earnings are coming down, the shares have come down enough where they are cheap. Now, what's happened with those shares um, year to date, they're up 5.1. But that's a little misleading because they did get hit hard last year. And so over the the one year time period now, they're down 24%. But over the last five years, they did have the big gains during the pandemic. They are up still 133% over the five-year period, but um, and that's better than Home Depot, which again is the laggard here on the five-year uh, stack, which I'm kind of surprised at, but Home Depot up 68% during that time period. And remember the S&P was up 54%. Now, one thing I do like about Williams and Sonoma is that they do pay a dividend. It's yielding 2.5%. They have been, uh, raising it throughout the pandemic with their great free cash flows when they're having these record years. They were doing a share buyback too. I think they still are. And so they are very much shareholder friendly. Additionally, they did not lay off anyone when the pandemic hit. Uh, The stores were closed. They did not lay off those workers. They still paid everybody. And a lot of people, um, you know, there were still online orders going and all of that. And people were working really hard during the initial year of the pandemic when they were considered like essential workers. And so they have been raising pay and all of that. 
And um, Williamson-Sonoma, very good to its uh, associates, as they call them. Same thing you see at lots of these retailers, raising the pay, um, certainly at Home Depot, Costco, everybody knows the kind of good pay and benefits that you can get working at Costco. And the same is true at some of these others. So that's also maybe a, a key for buy, buying a retailer with a long-term outlook is how do they treat their employees? Is it a place you would want to work at? Um, do you feel good going there? Do the workers feel good working there? These are all factors that play into a really good long-term buy and hold type of stock. So Williams and Sonoma, I have it on my watch list. It is cheap again. It's a number three hold. Oh, I forgot to tell you Ulta Beauty is number two buy because they did just recently report and analysts did raise those estimates. But everybody else, number threes, and those are all the holds. Home Depot is the only one, number four sell but everybody else just kind of holding on there. So Williams and Sonoma, what should you do there? Again, I, I really do like it. Um, I think we used to own it in the value investor. I'm pretty sure we did. It, it's another one where it went nowhere for years. Go look at that chart and it's kind of goes in cycles. And right now we are kind of in the down cycle, but it is cheap and it's got that dividend. So if I can get it just a little bit cheaper, yes, I'm greedy. I would love to get it at you know five or six times earnings. That would take a bigger uh, sell-off here. But if I could get it down there, I still love those brands. Those brands are still in with consumers. They were, uh, West Elm was the number one brand for millennials. They are gonna be trading up. And when they do, they're gonna go to the Pottery Barn. And then we're gonna have Gen Z's now looking at West Elm. And I believe that mid-century modern type of furniture is going to stay in favor for, you know, sometimes still going forward. And I trust their design uh, group that they have over there to stay on top of those kinds of trends. But um, so Williams and Sonoma may be the more interesting play out of all of these, but both Home Depot and Williams and Sonoma are going to be hit as housing continues to weaken here. And the the uh, consumer weakens on house-related purchases, which in this day now are not totally necessary um, for most people like they were during the pandemic when I had to have that desk to work from home. But now we can put off some of those purchases. And instead, we're going to go to Ulta Beauty and buy some things there, apparently. Um, so let's recap the stocks I talked about. These are all the kind that you do want to buy and hold for the long haul. As I said, it's not easy to do. It seems easy, right? It seems easy, like, oh, all I have to do is just buy that. It's going to be good. But remember, you have to um, keep up on what's going on at all of your investments. Management does change. Ulta Beauty did have a change in the CEO. So far, I'm liking what's going on there, even though Mary Dillon has left. She went to Foot Locker, by the way, ticker FL, if you're interested. If you want to follow Mary, she did go over there. So she's still in retail and she's taken her talent somewhere else. Might be one to look at later too. Um, but always remember, just because something has uh, a track record prior doesn't mean it's going to in the future. And as value investors, be sure to do your research. 
Be sure you're getting it cheap enough because sometimes the growth isn't what it used to be five or 10 years ago. They've rolled out more stores, they've expanded in more markets, uh, they've expanded their online capabilities so they're not gonna see as much growth there anymore. Um, maybe they'll be going overseas. There was talk numerous years ago before the pandemic, Ulta Beauty may be expanding into Canada. And then the pandemic put a kibosh on that. But there's a lot of competition outside the US for some of these companies that um, you know they may, may be able to compete there, but maybe not be able to compete there because of other homegrown brands that are just stronger. Williams and Sonoma is expensive been expanding overseas, like through licensing agreements. I know they have stores, uh, West Elm and I think Pottery Barn in places like Mexico City. And in London, they have numerous. So they've already jumped overseas, but uh, still US big component of their business. So let's recap those tickers again. So we had Home Depot, ticker HD, this one um, is the worst performer over the last two years, I think. And so that's what's giving some people some angst now because it is weak, but trading at 18 times. So Home Depot, ticker HD, dividend is the best at 2.9%. Then we had Costco, everybody loves it and everybody wants to be in it. I think I heard Charlie Munger once say like, it's like the best company ever, or it's like his best investment ever, something along those lines. So even Munger, a huge Costco fan, and that ticker is C-O-S-T. It is trading at 34 times, so a little pricey for me. Tractor Supply, ticker T-S-C-O, the best performing stock of the last five years up 291% versus the S&P just up 54% in that time period. Ulta Beauty, ticker ULTA, I do own it in my own personal portfolio. It's hot right now because beauty is where it's at. Um, still as a PE that's a little pricey at 20.5 times and does not pay a dividend. So ULTA again is the ticker. And then we wrap it up with furniture. Williams and Sonoma, WSM, it's the cheapest. It's a true value stock with a PE of 9.2 and a nice dividend at 2.5%. Um, but furniture could be still seeing some weakness as we go forward, ticker WSM there. And as always, I'm trying to bring you some value stocks. There's a lot out there. But we are um, entering into maybe a little more dicey period with uh, the consumer, with the economy. We don't know. Will we go into a recession? These are all questions that are out there. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I'm trying to bring you insights every week and the stock picks as well. You can get us on Apple Podcasts. You can get us on Spotify. We're on Amazon Music. Get us on YouTube, Zach's Podcasts. Just Google that on YouTube, put it into the YouTube search bar and you'll see our whole podcast page on, on YouTube. And you can also get us on Zach's.com. We have a whole podcast page there too. Click on the link at the top of the page for podcasts and listen in somewhere, but uh, make sure you get us and I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks.
This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.